0: No purchase necessary. We're prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Radio. Yakuza. Yakuza. Yakuza Kick Radio. 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 This is the Bulldozer, Matt Shremont. That there's one place to listen to on the internet every Thursday, 9pm, Yakuza Kick Radio. Tremont says so. Who wants some? God help us. Jesus! God and babies. Jesus! Help us. Ladies and gentlemen of fucking America, this is Danny Havoc. And you have been listening to, or possibly are intending to listen to, the Yakuza Kick fucking radio. Fucking, yeah! Yakuza Kick Radio. Hell fucking yeah! My name is Justice Payne, and you are listening to Yakuza Kick Radio. You're coming to on Thursday night in This is a brotherhood, and we all stick together like my nuts. I ain't scared of you motherfuckers. Yakuza Kick Radio, the best in internet wrestling radio, period, bar none, just like Adam Cole. Everybody's a cunt but me in the world. I don't know what it is. But you go to the back, and you tell your boss that there's a new Yakuza in town, and it's Yakuza Kick Radio, and we're taking over. Yakuza kick radio has risen from the acid of bad internet radio and become the premier place for any independent professional wrestler to stop and record their voice. The shit is bananas, big bananas, bananas. Well, this is Mr. Insanity, Toby Klein, and if you're not listening to Yakuza kick radio, then you're weird. Oh, I don't like the cut of your jib, fella. This is Greg Spirit bearded dragon in the northeast you're listening to Yakuza Kick Radio, if you're not, you're probably watching porn and you have this muted. You should be listening to it. Jason man. Where are Biggie and Tupac? Yakuza Kick Radio. <laughs> 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 Give a nigga a real point cowboy cow, <laughs> All you have to do is listen to Yakuza Kick Radio, but he doesn't. Now look at that guy, you homie. Fuck that. Black D. This is bullshit, That's man. This <laughs> motherfucker. Fuck you. Fuck you and fuck you. Who's next? And now, ladies and gentlemen for the introduction. Hosted by J. Cat Morris, you are now listening to Yakuza, Yakuza. welcome to yakuza kick radio i'm your host like nothing else jay cat morris the coolest monkey in the jungle <laughs> let's let's get right off the fucking bat with this shit because i i've been meaning to talk about that and haven't really had a forum or, or a place to talk about it so let, let's get right off the fucking bat with that shit h&m puts out a sweatshirt that says coolest monkey in the jungle and and let me just start off by saying i i i like that sweatshirt um so, um, big controversy. See, this is the thing these days. Everybody's got to be fucking offended by something. And, um, you know, everything's got to be ultimately racist. Everything's got to be a hate crime. Everybody's got to be just fucking outraged every minute of every day. So, um, there's a, a white kid with a, a shirt that has something to do with tigers on it. It's got some kind of tiger and it says some some something. Um, obviously they have some kind of like, um, you know, like a wildlife type of theme that they're going with, uh, you know, with this line of clothing. And then there's a black kid and he's got a sweatshirt a green sweatshirt that says coolest monkey in the jungle. And again, you know, everyone's got to be outraged. Everyone's got to treat this like a hate crime and there's no other way about it, but it to be insanely racist and how dare they do this and this, well, okay let's let's go at a couple angles here um number one um his parent brought him in there and allowed him to get in his sweatshirt and um to get paid for it and um they didn't see any problem with it. the mom has, has since posted you know look i did it's i didn't see it as racist uh he wore a lot of shirts, and I don't see what you know the racism is all about. I didn't view it that way. I don't look at things that way, and to me, that's that's exactly kind of you know where I'm at with it is like, all right, look, um, you know, racist people used to call black people monkeys, and I'm sure you know racist people still do. Um, but the fact of the matter is, is if there is no racial intention, and you're just saying, "Yo, I'm the coolest monkey in the jungle, bro," you know, like, ha somehow like if that person is black it's just gotta immediately be racist because once upon a time um people use that same connotation to call you know black people this and this um i call my kids monkeys all the time all the time um but again like if you know if that kid was black all of a sudden that would be like oh fuck man you're you're so racist you know what i mean um so to me it's crazy and it's like i feel like it's facilitating the racism by demanding that anything labeled as such must be nothing but racist like you you know goddamn well h&m is a company are not putting out a statement that we believe black people look like monkeys. And that's why we're going to put the black kid in the shirt because we want the world to know that black to us are monkeys. That's clearly wasn't their statement. Clearly from their end of things, they also didn't, didn't think in a racist mindset to say, Hey, this, what we're doing here is racist. They were just like, yeah, I got, we got a tiger shirt. We got a coolest monkey in the jungle shirt. Let's get these kids in the thing and let's put out the commercial." you know and then suddenly it's like oh fucking how dare they well how dare they because they didn't think the way that other people are thinking they weren't on the edge of their fucking seat looking for racism they weren't fucking locked and loaded and ready to fucking you know uprise against something you know rise up against something it's it wasn't racist by um by intention and i think context and intention should have a lot to do with what's racist and what's not racist. You know, people just take things out of context and they just go, well, you know, that that's what it must be because that's how I think. And well, you shouldn't be thinking that way. You know what I mean? Like I, I don't know, like to me, it's some old bullshit. And I think that, you know, we, we just leap to conclusions and want to be offended by shit just because that, that fits what we're trying to do. Um, I don't know. I I just, I don't agree with it. Um, as far as, you know, it's so racist and they should be ashamed of themselves and this and this. And yeah, I just, I I don't get it. You know, in that, in that context, I don't, uh, I don't get it like that. And they you know, they discontinued the sweatshirt. I'm like, God damn, why would you discontinue the sweatshirt? That's some shit that I would like my kids to have. Um, i don't know it's just some bullshit um what else man i <laughs> it's funny when i say what else like one topic and um so yeah it ain't gonna be a long show you know i got a couple of things to get into or whatever and um you know just just bullshit on random random different topics and uh you know see where i end up uh, i guess czw is running two shows in february from what i've uh now learned i just learned this today um one is going to be in the the new place in um, Voorhees, which is, uh, let me pull this up. I didn't even go where I was supposed to go. Um, it's going to be the, what the fuck is the name of that joint? I didn't pull up the actual, like, uh, Coliseum. Yeah, that's, that's it. Coliseum Sports or something like that. And it's more or less like a fitness center, like a gym. And, uh, you know, they have yoga rooms and you know all sorts of different fitness related things looks like a really nice building and um that's where they're going to be running their next show um which i think is like uh the 10th or some shit like that february 10th i could be wrong i'm not attending it so it's not like i'm going to show up on the wrong date um so yeah they got that that's their anniversary show well i think it's like a week or two weeks later they're doing another show that's called um Welcome to As or Greetings from Asbury Park. And um so that's another one. So it makes me wonder, uh, you know, one of the uh listeners asked, you know, uh, do you think they'll try to do that every month? Um they're running two shows and two venues in the same month. And um, I honestly don't know. I mean, anybody's guess is as good as mine as far as what CZW is up to or what their actual plans are because their shit is just all over the place. Um, I don't know if they're doing this as kind of like a, they have the ability to run every, you know, both buildings every month. And maybe they're doing it as kind of like a test project to see, you know, what draws better. You know, what's, what's the better landing spot for CZW? Is it North Jersey? Is it South Jersey? And they, you know they're kind of they're kind of touching both angles to see you know what works. Is Asbury going to be the spot? Is, uh, is Voorhees going to be the spot? I don't know. It, um, it's pretty interesting. Um, I'm, I guess it's nice for them to have options. You know, to go from no options to several options is definitely a good thing. Um, I guess only time will tell what CCW winds up doing. You know, they announced it our new home, our new home, our new home, the new CZW arena, the Ratatouille center. And then like a month later, they're fucking out of there. So it's, it is what it is. You know, uh, definitely can't look too far into the future when it comes to CZW. Um, they're just kind of ridiculous. Um, so we'll see. I mean, again, like I I think, um, several options is definitely a better thing. Um, Anthony asked, uh, is there anything that could get me back in full time as a wrestling fan? Absolutely not. I'm all, I'm all done. I think I, I did a pretty, um, good explanation for about two hours a week ago or so, a week and a half ago, whenever I did that show, um, on, you know, what, what took me out of it, you know? And, um, yeah, I mean, a lot of it is uh, maturity and hey, I'm not going to go into the whole thing again. If you haven't listened to that show, go back and listen to that show. And you tell me if, um, if you think that something would change the tide of everything I said, I mean, if you listen to everything I said and then say, Hey, so, so what would just make none of that relevant? I mean, it, you know, it's exactly what I said. It is. Um, <clears throat> Russell wants to know if he had any DJ Hyde stories. I don't really know to dude like that. Um, you know, it, it's, it's, it's hard for me and you know, I'm, I'm just a fan. You know what I mean? So I don't really, not like really a DJ Hyde fan, so to speak either. So, um uh, to have like DJ Hyde stories and I don't really, unfortunately I can't really help you much on that one. Um, it's, uh, you know, what can I tell you? He's a, he's a goofy ass dude. Um, so yeah. Um, I definitely want to talk about some football. I definitely want to, you know, get into that whole thing. Um, One thing I wanted to touch on, and I don't know, maybe I should be doing this with, uh, you know, Shaheen or something where there's like a little bit of a back and forth, but I have somewhat of like a, hmm. I've had some people, you know, online and uh, I've seen several different people make strong statements in the direction of uh, people returning their carts at, at walmart or shop right, or whatever food or shopping um, place return their carts to the place that says return the carts and yeah you know, you're you're fucking lazy if not and how dare you make these people walk all over the place and you know and some people would say like hey man like uh and me included would say hey you know there's people that are specifically hired to fucking gather the carts and uh people would Bounce back and say, "Well, no. I mean, they're they're hired to gather the carts from the you know the place they're supposed to be, not wherever you feel like putting it." Da da da. People get really fucking angry and aggressive about it. Um. Uh. So allow me to you know, explain my Well, my um my point of view on this. Now, when you hire people to do a job, if that job is done in a very short amount of time, um, that job only has so many hours. Um, That job will only have so many employees. If the job becomes more detailed or more lengthy, then clearly more hours are to be allotted in order to do that job. So if every time that they had to gather these carts, they all came from, you know, the receptacle, you know, the cart stall thing and everybody, you know, put all the carts away. And then, you know, these guys were tapping their fucking foot until the next time that that shit filled up then I, I think their hours would be shorter personally. I think there's there's no way that um you know it it wouldn't wind up being less employees or less hours on that, that employee's uh paycheck, especially if they're if all they're there for is to wrangle carts. I think if these fucking carts are all over the goddamn place and and they have to run around fucking finding carts, well they fucking their paycheck just got bigger. Uh, and that, it, look, don't get me wrong. I mean, this is all based off of laziness, by all means. Like, uh, you know, I, I'm not saying like I'm doing this to fucking better the community. I mean, if I uh decide I'm not putting the fucking car back, it's uh based off of pure laziness. But I'm just saying, as far as uh, you know, the crime against humanity that some people paint it as, I 100 percent think that it definitely benefits the person's hours who are fucking working there. I don't think it just gets easier and then they tell them, "Hey, you know, take a fucking 2-hour lunch today." Or, "Hey, you know, uh you, you know, you could just hang out. You know, you guys you could just fucking uh you could just sit around and collect money." I have a feeling if it if it took less time and on a regular basis the job only was, you know, running the carts from here to there and and that was that. I honestly think that person would get less hours. So, um, I don't know, you know, people get so mad about fucking, uh, the McDonald's things and stuff with the automated menus and all oh, that's cutting jobs and employees. And, um, okay. So what is it? I mean, do you want to make, you want to get mad at the less work for the employees? You want to get mad at the more work for the employees. And this, you know, to me, I think it, it's pretty minimal. Um, you know, as far as, uh, the going out of your way. I mean, your job is to to walk around a fucking, uh, parking lot and get the fucking carts. So you're out there one way or another, whether it's, you know, over there or over here. I don't know. I think, uh, it's just my opinion on it. Again, it's just random thoughts because, uh, I've seen people like really fucking riled up about it. you're a piece of shit if you can't put the fucking carts on life. First off, you can settle the fuck down with all that dumb shit, cause, um <laughs> I I don't think life is that fucking serious as far as the carts go that you can start <laughs> holding people to the fire about it. But um I that's just my opinion. And as far as like these automated menus and shit like this, um, you know the the governor the new governor in New Jersey, um, he is Um, I want to say threatened, um, a $15 an hour minimum wage. And I don't want to say that, you know, he's um, proposed this. I don't want to say, I want to use the word threatened because in my opinion, this shit would bury businesses. Um, People are really high on this guy because he's talking about legalizing weed. And we'll talk about that a little bit too. But um, as far as $15 an hour minimum wage, a lot of jobs and businesses including the one I work for cannot afford to pay $15 an hour across the board. And it's easy for people to say, well, you know, they will just turn that into, um, you know, higher priced items and this and this, and, uh, that, that will be the way that they pay for that. Well, that works fine. If it's shop, That works fine. If it's Walmart, a billion dollar corporation, um, being able to adjust prices and do this in order to pay what they have to across the board, that's one thing. But when you're talking about, you know, family owned or mom and pop or, um, in in our case, nonprofit, um, for you to have to pay $15 across the board. Um, that's, that's not an an option. You're going to have to cut hours. You're going to have to cut employees. You're going to have to cut massive. Um, you're going to have to cut operation hours. Like you're going to have to, businesses are going to be closed earlier and, and, and maybe not open every day of the week in order to even operate. On on that basis. I think it's fucking crazy. And you know. For myself who took. Well 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 over a decade. You know I've been in my job for almost 17 years. And it took me the majority of those 17 years. To work myself from. What was minimum wage to $15 plus. You know what I mean. So now for people to just walk in the door. And make that. I don't think that's a fair situation at all. And um. You know, again, for them to walk in the door and just make that, I don't don't suddenly get, you know, a $5 an hour raise. Because, I mean, shit, just just that jump in what you have to pay people walking in the door at, whether they're good at their job, whether they're experienced, whether they're anything. It's just across the board, mandated, this is what you pay the fucking assholes that walk in the front door. I mean, you know, you're benefiting people who don't currently work. I mean, you're... Your big benefit is the people who haven't been working hard because the people who already have been working hard don't benefit whatsoever from that. So you're just going to take a huge chunk out of their their money and their paycheck because hours are going to start getting docked. People are going to start getting cut down. Um, Workload is going to get higher because they're going to cut down on the actual amount of employees in order to fucking pay the ones that are still there. So, you know, they might take your staff down from 12 to 8, and now that 8 is going to have to pick up the work slack that 12 would normally handle because that's all the, the, the company can afford. Um, it's There's no way to just, you know, especially like, you know, where I'm coming from as far as my job, you can't just fill that with, I mean, what are we going to start charging, you know, m- more money for adoptions? Well, that's going to take down the amount of animals that are adopted. And that's not, that's not going to fill the quota. That's not going to, you know, right now we're not, we're not charging money for adoptions to the level of, of profit. Um, you know, we run off of donations and we run off of the contracts of the towns that we service as far as animal control goes for the most part, that's how we, um, we stay afloat. So adoption prices are, are hardly what, um, you know, for instance, our our cat prices are fifty dollars and that includes um fixing, testing for feline AIDS, leukemia, up to date on their shots, and microchipping. I mean, um none of that shit costs fifty dollars if you went and you know, went to the vet. You're not getting your animal fixed for fifty dollars. Um microchipping I believe is like thirty dollars or something at like lowest cost. Um, but you're usually going to pay like an office visit or something too. Um, uh, the feline AIDS leukemia test, I think is another like $15. Like, you know, if you were to like itemize this shit, um, you know, up to date on all the shots, I mean, that's, that's not going to be, you know, that, that amount of money either. So, I mean, you know, for that, I mean, we're pretty much, we're, we're taking $50, but, it's not paying for what we do by any stretch of the imagination, especially when you, you realize that, you know, some of these cats have been here years and we've been feeding and medicating them for years. And now they just go home for $50. This is a matter of adoption. It's not about making money off of the animal. So there's no way to just turn and say, all right, now we're going to make money back enough to, you know, to pay $15 across the board. It's It's madness. It's insane. It's, it's, um, to me, it's it's a fucking crazy, crazy um, proposal. I'm hoping that shit gets shot out of the fucking water. I I hope it shits get blown out of the water and he gets completely shut down if he tries to propose that shit because it's it's fucking terrible, terrible idea. Um, the only thing that can handle that is these multi-billion dollar corporations, and even them, they're not going to be willing to just put out that giant amount. And and it's going to come back down to like what I said, downsizing and um, upping on the work rate. So I fucking hate that idea 100%. It doesn't benefit um, jobs at all. As a matter of fact, it works against jobs. And it definitely works against business. Or business growth because they just get hit with a fucking roadblock to have to fill off of just normal operations. So it's a terrible idea. Uh, you know, if you want to put some kind of incentives in your, uh, I, I think you know when it comes to that type of thing, you know, you do some kind of tax breaks as far as you know hours worked and um you know time put in and that type of thing. So when you file your taxes at the end of the year, if you showed you've worked X amount of you know months you know, you've worked 12 months out of the fucking year, you get a kickback for that, and, um, you know, maybe, maybe that helps the work, the working class people, um, a little bit more so than just, uh, everybody who walks in the door and decides today's the day they're gonna start working makes the same amount that the motherfuckers have been there a decade do, like, oh, that sucks for the the people who didn't just start working today, (laughs) shit, um, so I don't know, um, and plus, you know, when you start working at like a fucking McDonald's, um, you should kind of want to move up. You should, you should want to move on to something better. If you walk in the door and it's $15 an hour, I mean, there's not really a lot of reason to, you know, aspire to more or, you know, want to do better because that's, that's pretty comfortable right off the bat. And if you're talking about raises in the future too, on top of that, well then shit, I mean, well. Again, this is this is another reason why you see these automated menus because they've already started trying to fill some of these employee spots by just cutting down on the amount of actual um, manpower that they need. So when the, this stuff comes across the table, then shit. Um, it, it's, it's not as many people that they're even paying. So uh, kind of a scary thing. As far as the legalization of uh, weed, I think that's a great thing. I think, you know, the tax money that comes out of that, is um is huge i mean you know i'm not a politics guy and you know everybody knows that you know the type of shit that they do with the money that they get isn't necessarily the most responsible thing on the planet so um you know we're not necessarily gonna get like oh everything's great now because they just got you know another fucking x amount of millions of dollars in taxes that's not necessarily going to translate to uh you know a better a better thing for everybody but uh You know, money will be coming in and, you know, who knows who winds up with that or where it gets spent. But, uh, you know, and the government making more tax money, I guess, is a good thing because maybe they look for it less in other avenues. I don't know. But um, as far as the substance goes, it should have been legal a long time ago. Um, Alcohol is a way more dangerous, 100 percent, you know, for anybody who's um, addicted or has, you know, an addictive gene, such as myself, anything is habit-forming, anything, like, any kind of substance, any kind of, um, you know, uh, anything, I mean, anything that you like in life can easily become addictive if you have that gene, so, um, and that's the thing, like, you know, I've seen a lot of the debate on, um, you know, John Zandig posted this thing. You know, oh, addiction is not a motherfucking disease, motherfucker, and it's like, I mean, he, you know, he feels really strong about that. He's lost a kid over it and everything. Um, I, I don't know what you want to label it as. Um, to just say like flat out, it's a choice. Um, I don't know that I want to go in that direction. I don't know if I want to go in a direction to say that it's just a disease across the board either. Um, but it, there is something that, that weighs far heavier than just, do I want to, or do I not want to, because the weight, when you're an addict, the weight on you wanting and needing to do things are, are two completely different things. And, and it becomes very heavy. Um, it definitely, um, your decision-making isn't just a yes or a no quite as much. Um, your mind starts to rationalize why things would work you know in the darkest of uh ways and um the most normally un you know irrational ways your mind will rationalize it and say you know due to the substance i can make fill in the blanks work where normally a rational person wouldn't think that way um i was able to get through it as far as you know substance addiction and stuff like that but um believe me i've seen the dark side of it face on where you know you you can definitely rationalize why the wrong decision should be made because of the substance you're into, you know, um, it's not, it's not just easy to just flip that switch. And, um, again, you know, I, I guess on the other side of things, you know, I did make that choice. So to say, it's a choice. I did make that choice to stop and, and to, um, you know, push myself down a positive Avenue, but in the same token, it's not, Quite as clear cut as just a choice. I really think I was able to turn my willpower in the direction that I needed to, but not everyone could do that. So I don't know if it's just saying like, cut it out, like, a, like that old sketch. Uh, what was that on? Um, was that on Saturday Night Live or Mad TV? One of them. And uh, Bob Newhart, I think, was the dude who was the uh, the counselor. They come in and they tell them their problems and they're like, look, you know, I got this problem. And he'd be like, oh, yeah, stop it. <laughs> just stop it. Stop it right now. That was, like, his whole thing. Like, his only advice would he just tell motherfuckers, like, stop it. <laughs> All right, well, stop it. <laughs> and like, it's not quite that easy. Um, So, I don't know. Um, I'm not going to partake. I can tell you that much. I, I, um... I smoked weed I'd say every day for about 20 years um and it, it was one of those things man if I didn't have it I was pissed off if I couldn't get it I was pissed off um anything good I wanted to do I had to make sure I got that in first You know what I mean and you know that's that's one of those telling things for addiction you know it's like if no matter how good the event is, no matter how good the situation is that you got, if you immediately, the first thought in your mind is like, I got to enhance this before I go do that. Yeah. I mean like, yo, we're going to go, I want to see this movie. I've been wanting to see this movie for a year. Yo, we got to make sure we smoke before. Like, well, I mean, (laughs) if nothing you can think of is good enough all by itself, then then there might be an issue, you know? And I just really looked at myself through a lot of those, uh, you know, the, those, um, you know, those angles where I could say like, all right, well, you know, am I content at any point in this or that? And I've gotten to the point now where I could find, you know, that, that being content without substance, without any of that shit. And, um, you know, be happy with things that I would really enjoy all by itself. So I think that's, that's the ultimate goal as far as what my situation was. And, um, you know, the substances, so I, I'm all for the legalization of weed, Um, again, the people who have that, that control, have that moderation, have that, you know, that ability to just turn things on and off, man, alcohol is fun, weed is fun, like, there's a lot of shit that could be a lot of fun if you, you have a volume control on what you do, I had no volume control, it's full blast or off, you know, and I had to turn the shit off, because, uh, my shit is, turned way up. Anything I do is to an extreme. You could see that even, you know, in, in what I do now, everything I do is to an extreme. So, um, you know, I just had to find healthier things to do to an extreme. Um, so it, it, um, it's working really well for me, but, uh, you know, you have to look at yourself realistically and, um, you know, again, for the people who were going to have fun with that shit and be able to turn things off and not make it, you know, controlling situation then more power to you i mean it's just uh it's not the dna i was born with so it is what it is um i've seen like already you know some of the shore towns and like around here um i think berkeley which is like right up the street um seaside heights um which isn't far away at all um like 15 20 minutes um point pleasant um a couple of places have already you know before the laws even passed or even got floated across the table have already started to try to put in um in place bans on selling of of weed within their uh you know city limits or whatever the case is so even when it it uh you know comes across they're not going to have any you know shops in their towns so I don't think it makes that much of a difference. I don't really know how it's it's regulated. I don't know how um how that works. Like if you need places that are um, um uh, you know like a bar, you know like a, you know if you have a bar and you can drink in the bar, but you can't just go walk the streets drinking beer. I don't know if that's the way that weed's going to be regulated. It's kind of strange because you know like there there'll be no smoking indoors, but then again like what the, the weed bar like what what exactly is going to go on in that You yeah know i mean so it's kind of strange definitely interesting i i definitely want to see the way that this shit turns uh, i i think new jersey is going to be a really fun fucking place to uh to view people um <laughs> if, if this is the case obviously tourism is going to go way up you know um even people just coming over from philly and and new york you're going to get motherfuckers in jersey all the time if that's the case um so I mean definitely you know money spent in the state's going to go way the fuck up and um ain't good for us I guess. Um I'm all for it I think it's cool. Um again I think if this dude goes on this psychopathic uh fucking minimum wage hike um that's bad. That's bad and and like to a way higher extent then weed is good for uh the state. I think it you know, the, the crushing blow on business and shit. Not only do you have to open these fucking weed shops, you gotta pay all the motherfuckers fifteen dollars an hour to just sell weed. <laughs> that's that's a whole nother fucking game. Um so I don't know. But um what else I wanna talk about? Um Okay. Teddy Hart. Let's uh let's get into this. This is uh half the reason why I wanted to do the show tonight. Teddy Hart apparently got another cat. Um He's bringing the cat to the shows. Um, you know, people people like to uh, come up with their own opinions on this. And to me, I don't give a fuck about anybody else's um, viewpoint on this. As far as when, when it comes to animals, I am very, very strong in my opinions. I'm, I mean, I'm strong in my opinions on everything. But, you know, like, fucking, you know, whether people put carts away or not, I'm I'm pretty flexible on that. Obviously, other people have other opinions. I'll tell you mine. It is what it is. I'm not going to get really offended. Um, but when it comes to animals, this shit is as personal as it gets. I don't give a fuck about, like, basically, if I could save a cat's life, and by saving that cat's life, wrestling would end tomorrow... I would do it in a fucking heartbeat. You motherfuckers would have no wrestling, and I would not feel bad um, because animals' lives mean more to me than than anybody could possibly give me with entertainment. That's just it's what I do. It's what I've done six days a week for almost 17 years now. So um, this this is this is my life. This is my passion. What I what I'm gonna take to my fucking grave is I'm saving animals' lives. I make a difference in in cats' lives. I, I have many and many of cats that I care for now that if it wasn't for me specifically in the building that I work in those specific cats would be dead and and I've had many of those cats go into homes and their life wouldn't even exist let alone you know be the, the light of of someone's family like they are right now and you know, I get emails on cats that were slated you know were being pitched in a negative light and probably would have been well no Definitely would have been euthanized if it wasn't for me. And I get pictures of them cuddling with kids and laying on people's couches and strutting around people's houses looking beautiful. You know, um, this is what I do. Um, To elaborate, because, you know, I have time uh, to elaborate, you know, if a cat comes from and the same goes for dogs i personally i work with cats but you know when you work in a shelter this is this is the things you deal with with animals an animal comes into a shelter and our job and i'm not saying this is what everybody does and this is why what i do personally is so important because it's not what everyone does this is not how everyone handles things in a shelter um our job is to take an animal from the situation they were in get them through what they've been through and turn their life in a positive direction where they can start a new life somewhere else. And as simple as that sounds, you know, when a cat goes from a couch to a cage, it's one of the most devastating things you could ever have happen. Strays handle things like that a lot better than, than your, um, your own cats. Um, you know, cats will come in and they are so terrified and defensive and aggressive and everything else. And if your stance is, this cat is difficult, you know, fuck this cat, man, this cat's an asshole. we all watch out that that cat's scratchy. That cat's mean, whatever the case is. If that's your stance, when you pass by that cat's cage, well, that cat's life is almost over because the negative light, that, that's shined on that cat as being a burden, as being a difficult part of your day will negatively affect its future and its ability to live because it will wind up euthanized. If you see this cat that's, that's aggressive, that's scared, that's terrified and you find a way to comfort that cat and you, you show it attention and love and you show that you understand it and you somehow form a bond with this cat and get it where it now feels comfort in being around you it it now like now that you're there now that you're spending time with it it sees life differently it sees like all right it's not all over this isn't the worst fucking thing that's ever happened and now you turned it in a positive direction to the point where now it trusts you now it likes you you know it starts really loving seeing you and now it's it's acting like you know you know comfort you know comforted and and it's outgoing now now the cat's outgoing now the cat can meet new people and now through meeting the new people someone wants to adopt this cat and this cat goes home and his life continues there's a big big difference and this is what I deal with and I I do I feel like I do what I do better than almost anybody I've you know from doing this the amount of years I have I've seen enough people that just treat it like a job I've seen enough people who do, like I said, uh, treat, you know, these difficult animals like a burden instead of a responsibility and, uh, a task that you need to take and you need to take it by the, you know, take the bull by the horns or face it head on. And you got to take these, um, these situations sensitively and compassionately. And, um, you really need to do, you know, major, major work, you know, to, to get these animals to feel comfortable so that they can, you know, really turn the corner in their life. Because it's 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 do or die for them. I mean, we get to go home, we get to continue our life, we get to continue breathing and shit like that. And if we handle things the wrong way, this is this is the end. So that's um to summarize a lot of what I do and why I'm good at what I do is is that. Um Teddy Hart um went on interviews and he said that he's made more money selling cats than, uh, than he's ever made wrestling. Well, I take that as, as disrespectful to what I do and to, to cats as a whole, when people, you know, uh, pin Teddy Hart as a cat guy, the guy with the cats, I take that as a, I take tremendous offense to that. Not to say that nobody can like cats by, but me, or nobody could be a cat guy, but me, but, loving cats because they make you a bunch of money or because you know the fans clap for it and it becomes a cool little gimmick thing that you drag along with you is a different ball game to what i do um i i i just you know i've seen what happens you know i just uh i think it was last year the year before Shortly after the whole Teddy Hart throwing cats in the air and all of this shit, um, I saw a cat come into the shelter that was elderly uh, Persian. Uh, looked a lot, a lot like uh, Mister Money. Um, which again, just disrespectful. It's just you know this this is just a money making uh, um, tool. This this is just a gimmick. This is just something that you add to your fucking life in order to make money you know this this is this is not a companion this is not you know something and and you can grow fond to it and get attached to it but it's a fucking item it's a possession it's not a it's not a living animal that you actually respect um you wouldn't be throwing it into the air you wouldn't be blowing weed smoke in its face you wouldn't be you know just fucking exploiting it like you do it, it, it's ridiculous uh dragging it around the wrestling shows but i'll get back to that but a cat that was elderly persian and um you know very neglected and just nothing more that could be done this cat was clearly owned by somebody who i'll never know because this cat was just abandoned and this is what happens you get these beautiful cats that are bred by some asshole like Teddy Hart. And it doesn't matter. When money you know, when money's flying around, you sell as many cats as you can because it's a product. But as you put these animals out into the world to the different irresponsible pet owners that they wind up being, because believe me, uh I, I've now seen um three Bengals come into my shelter, one I took home. Um and they you know, Bengals are not cheap cats. None of these cats were turned in as owned. They were all considered strays, two of which were front declawed and thrown outside. And that was it. They just abandoned them and just gave up on them. So it's a fad. It's something that you do. You know, that, that Mr. Money, yeah, that money flies around. Shit's all cool for a minute for maybe the first couple of years of the cat's life, by the time you have a seven or eight year old cat or a 10 or a 15 year old cat, they bail. It's not fun anymore. Now the medical bills pile up. Now, now the responsibility ties in. Now the part where the cat needs you the most is suddenly no longer your problem because the fun of it, you know, the, the novelty of it is worn off and the true cat lover never existed. It was just something that you wanted to own. And this is what breeders facilitate, because the more of them that are out there, you know, the more in a mass-produced that the animal is, the more they they see this as just, oh, okay, yeah. I, just, yeah, I could get one of those, great, yeah, let me get one of those. And overall, breeders are not needed. Three around three million cats, almost three million cats are euthanized in shelters in the United States every fucking year. Every fucking year. So you you tell me how tolerant I should feel about some asshole wrestler telling me in the world that he's made more money selling cats than he, he has wrestling. When you see animals in shelters that there's nothing wrong with friendly animals, and there's just no more space for them. You tell me how tolerant I should be towards some asshole with fucking personally made shiny fucking pants that look like oven mitts that's having a great time selling cats. So no, I don't. I don't think that that shit's okay. Um, I saw someone. Um, post uh that uh actually I think it was the TJ and friends kid which I um I added on Facebook just the other day and um I told him uh, I'll I'll go back and I'll talk about the TJ and friends thing a little bit um after the cat thing but um I I'll tell you right now as far as his statement on that fucking thing he's dead fucking wrong I don't give a shit whether he likes it or doesn't like it. Like I said, I, I saw his YouTube shit that I'll talk about later. I thought it was pretty cool. Uh sent him a you know a compliment on it and said, Hey, you know, good shit. And uh again I'll I'll tell you what I like and don't like and all of that shit, you know, later on. But um he's he said some shit in his comment, which wasn't directly towards me, but you know, he was he was commenting on the Teddy Hart thing that several other people were commenting on, including me. And he said something along the lines of um if you think what Teddy Hart does to cats is abuse, then you've never really seen abuse. Well, again, I've worked at the Associated Humane Societies for almost seventeen fucking years. Um, you know, anyone who's followed, you know, what I've you know, what what our my job has done, believe me, I've seen more abuse than you've seen in your fucking lifetime or you will ever see in your lifetime. And that's not something that I wish on anyone because I've seen you know, pit bulls with their fucking ear ripped off with bone exposed on their leg that were used as bait dogs and thrown in a fucking park to die, to bleed out. And we ended up saving the dog after months and months of treatment and, um, you know, massive amount of antibiotics and, um, you know, just a lot of TLC and really trying to pull them through that shit. You know, our one shelter is located in Newark and, um, believe me, the amount of abuse you see that comes out of there. Uh, Jeff Cannonball has a cat that jumped off of a, a two plus story uh, roof and uh wound up up there somehow. And, um, you know, they tried to rescue him and he leaped off the fucking roof and shattered his leg. And, you know, we amputated his leg and, and now Jeff Cannonball has Felix. And, um, you know, I, I've seen abuse. I've seen, um animals that have been through some shit i've seen animals with chemicals that were thrown on their face um we have a dog there who's on our share our pet program that was hitting the head with a hammer um i i don't want anybody to to think for a second that they have some kind of authority on you know what abuse is and what is isn't an abuse and um you know, I, I remember years ago when the Teddy Hart throwing cats in the air thing happened and the necro butcher chimed in and said that those are trained professional um performers, those cats and Teddy is trained Teddy doesn't know what the fuck he's talking about as far as training things. You go back to my show that I did with him um a couple of years ago and you know I, I purposely brought up zero cats because I wanted them on for entertainment's sake. Um, I was actually asked to have him on, um, by Pierre at the time. And, and I took him up on it because Teddy's always, um, very entertaining to listen to. He's out of his goddamn mind. Um, to, to say that he has any kind of, um, grasp on animals professionally or anything along those lines is delusional. I mean, just as delusional as he is. Um, he was telling me and, and he's honest, like he's, he's serious about this shit. He wanted to train a horse to jump into the fucking ring and, and kick a ref and, and cause like this dude is, is out of his fucking skull. So I really don't want people to try to explain to me, um, that I do or don't know about animal this, or I don't, I, d- I haven't seen abuse. Cause that's, that's fucking, that's, that's a very strange statement to say to me. But again, you know, everyone seems to think if they own a cat, once in their life or they have three cats in their house they're suddenly the authority on things too um i'm just like i said i i have no i have no breathing room i have no um I, i'm not willing to to cooperate or um you know meet in the middle on my opinion on animals it is what it is for me um Cats are not a, an animal that enjoy traveling. They don't, you know, you might find a cat that, Hey, doesn't mind the carrier. You might have a cat that, Hey, you know, we took it, take it to our vacation home twice a year and, you know, rides like a motherfucker in the car and doesn't mind at all. I hear you. Um, But I guarantee you when you get to your destination is, is where your cat prefers to be. Whether it be your home, whether it be the vacation home, when it gets out of that carrier, or out of that car, and gets to strut around the house or apartment or whatever the case is, that's that's where the fuck it wants to be. That's where it feels comfortable. Cats like um, territory. They like you know space. They like some kind of um, domain to call like their own. They don't like to be just traveled in a plane, in a car, and you know like the road as a wrestler does is not fucking cut out for a cat. Like some, some wrestlers are, are fond of the road. Some wrestlers have gotten to the point where they, they enjoy travel. They enjoy all of that back and forth. Believe me, that's not a fucking cat's life. That's not the life a cat wants, but you just, you saddle that fucking burden on the cat because you've just decided that's what you're going to do. That's part of your gimmick. That's part of your life is just throw the fucking cat in the car. I, um, um, wax had um posted something uh comparing it to matilda the bulldog well you know dogs travel well i mean (laughs) when uh, many many people will say hey you want to go in the car like the dog gets fucking hyped i don't know too many cats that get fucking amped when you go you want to go in the car like there's sometimes you know you can go by the door and jingle your fucking keys, and there's dogs that are like, oh, I know what the fuck's going on now, and they're, they're ready for action. That's not a cat thing, and again, you might have a cat that likes to do it, this and that. I mean, we're talking one out of a hundred cats, and it's not just your average fucking Persian cat that Teddy Hart decided to breed and decides to drag all over the country. The cats also look sedated. Uh, I've seen many of people say that. And from experience, I can tell you that the cat looks fucking sedated. If you can just take the cat and stick it on a turnbuckle and have it sit there with its head down, something's up. That's not a normal cat function. Cats are ath- athletic. You can find <clears throat> very laid back cats. I have many a cats that I could, you know, flip them on their back in my arms and rub their belly and fucking, you know, a- and they're just, they'll just lounge there as long as I want to hold them. Um, There's a difference between that and like what Teddy's doing. Like he's just posing them on a merch table as people walk by and the cat has no ambition to go anywhere, or do anything. That's not a healthy situation. And that's not a cat being a cat. Um, And and this, there's no, you know, some people say, Oh, you know, you train the cat. No, 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 no. They're not dogs. That's not the way it is. You, You don't just train a cat. That's a lot of people say, you know, um, you don't train a cat, cats train you. <laughs> and um, I mean, to a certain extent, yeah, I guess that's somewhat true, but I think with cats, you more or less form a relationship with them. You, you figure out what they're about. They figure out what you're about and you guys learn to coexist and, you know, and en- enjoy what each other are all about. You know, you learn your cat's little habits and they figure out what the fuck you're up to. And then you guys meet in the middle and they know what time breakfast is. You know what I mean? Like it, you can definitely get used to a lot of things. You could teach your cat little, you know, tricks and, you know, things to play with and stuff like that, but but it's not quite the way that like you're just going to s- smack it onto a fucking merch table and it's going to sit there with its fucking head down looking, you know, defeated. That that's not that's not cool. And when it's on a um when he was on the shoot interview and he's blowing fucking weed smoke in its face, that's abuse. That's 100% abuse. So um, people could change, you know, whatever they want to cater to their agendas. Um, their agenda, for the most part, is Teddy Hart's very entertaining. And I'm not going to doubt that for one bit. I was a big Teddy Hart fan prior to all of this cat shit. This cat shit showed up way fucking late and just became a, a gimmick, just became part of his gimmick is just he's got this prop and the prop is a cat and it's not okay. This dude is tremendously fucking talented, athletically talented. He has that loose cannon fucking, you know, persona that you never know what's going to happen. As far as I'm concerned, Teddy Hart is fucking money. You know, we did a show years ago. um, I think I did it with uh, Chris Lawrence and those guys. And we did a show where, you know, we said like, hypothetically, if you had a company and you had to pick 10 guys as your main roster guys, You know, who would they be? And Teddy Hart was one of my guys because his fucking, you know, his athletic ability, his ability to cause controversy, draw attention to himself, and just overall be a draw as a wrestler is is second to none. I mean, the dude is fucking money. So to just needlessly add an animal to his situation just to do it, and then all the, you know, the fans like it. The, they're fucking idiots. I mean, when it comes to what's good for the cat, you know, and then, like, a Joey Janela, he goes on the mic, and he's putting Teddy over after the match because that's what everyone does. Everyone needs to blow each other after the fucking fight that they just had. You know, and, and Teddy's shitting on fucking Penelope, and, and Joey's, like, half agreeing with him, just like, yeah, what are you going to do? I guess so. And then... um. He he's, he's going, yeah, you know, you guys don't know, but Teddy lost his cat this year. He lost his girlfriend. He lost this. He lost that. Like, first off, let's stop treating fucking Teddy losing a cat in a fucking breakup as, like, a terrible thing. Because, again, the cat was fucking drug around the country. The cat had weed smoke blown in his face. But if you see that as, like, Teddy loved that cat, man, then you don't know fucking animals. And I don't respect your opinion on, on animals at all. So um i don't know i i don't respect it i don't like it i don't like the fucking fans take pictures with it because that's that's supporting it you know if if every time the fucking fair came to town and they they had a, a traveling elephant act if every time that traveling elephant act came to town no fucking people paid for an elephant ride nobody fucking walked up and handed money to those assholes Guess how many times that fucking elephant ride would come back to town? Zero. If it made zero money, if it got zero attention, the shit would go away. Teddy's not doing this because he's fucking undeniably in love with fucking cats. He's doing it because it makes him fucking money. Like he said on the thing, when he breeds cats, he makes fucking money. When, you know, he brings it around and they're like, oh, gonna get a picture with the cat? He's got those fucking 8x10s with the fucking cat. All this bullshit. It's a prop. It's just a fucking prop, like the stupid ass cross around his neck. You know, clearly he's not a fucking man of God. Um, <laughs> you know, it's it's all bullshit. And as a person who loves cats more than I love wrestling any fucking day of the week, I don't respect it. I don't respect it at all. And um, people make exceptions. People make exceptions when the Necro Butcher fucking punches his girl in the head a fucking hundred times. You know, over Disney money, you know, um, then it becomes, well, we don't really know, no, because you're really like liking the Necro Butcher. You don't want to go on the side of things where, hey, I fucking, you know, I don't care about women being abused, but when it comes down to it, you really don't because if it's someone that you actually like as a wrestler, stone cold, Steve Austin, for instance, uh, let's just forget about that part where he punched women in the face because I really like clapping for this guy. I really like wearing his fucking t-shirt. Well, then you really don't stand against women being abused. It's one or the other. It's one or the other. You know, if my best friend started fucking abusing animals, he's not my fucking best friend anymore. You know, if my favorite fucking wrestler goes and fucking punches a woman, he's not my favorite fucking wrestler anymore. I mean, that's just, that's my fucking stance on things. I My morals stand way above any other fucking bullshit entertainment can bring me. It, it just, and, and you know, people could say whatever the fuck they want about me you know, but, but I'm fucking strong in my opinions on these things. And I I feel like my morals are are more valuable than, um, than any of these, these entertainers. They mean more to me for sure. You know, as I continue through my life, I really, um, I hold, I hold my morals at high value. Everyone's going to make mistakes. Everyone's going to maybe side with some things that, uh, you know, they're not so happy about in the long run. Um, but, and, and I could watch things. I could watch the necro butcher and, you know, say, oh, that guy's entertaining. I could watch Teddy Hart and say, oh, yeah, you know, that guy's fucking super entertaining. But I mean, you're not going to see me supporting the guy or representing him. You know, um, that's, that's something I won't do. Um, I just, I don't like it. Uh, I was very happy to hear that he was without a cat and now suddenly he's got another one. And now this is like little money or some shit like that, or money junior or whatever the fuck. Um, it's, um, it's terrible. It's absolutely terrible. And, um, that's, I I think that's about all I got to say about it. Um, so yeah, I I wanted to do the show, touch on that thing. Uh, what else do I got? Anything else? um, why the fuck do um, all these goddamn um, polyester sweatshirts? Like, why do they all show up on the fucking internet now? There's some of the coolest fucking designs that I've ever seen. Like, I'll see this shit, and it looks like, like fucking crazy-ass lion sweatshirt. And I'm like, yo, I'll fucking order that shit right now. And I look, and it's like fucking polyester. And, and I don't understand that. Like, why are motherfuckers not printing the same crazy shit on fucking cotton, like, you know, like, standard issue fucking hoodie sweatshirt shit, charge me another $20, whatever the fuck you gotta do, if it's the same dope-ass print, but I have seen more and more of this shit, where it's just like, that's the dopest shit I've ever seen, and then I click on it, it's like, yeah, fucking 95% polyester, fucking 5% spandex, or some shit, I'm like, what the fuck, that is not a sweatshirt, that is some old different shit, they got me on it once and I ordered a, a a tiger one. And the shit is is wild, man. It's all like silky and shit. Like that's not what the fuck a sweatshirt is. The print looked dope as fuck and I was like, "All right, yeah. Let's go." And and then you know, now I know. Now already I know like I see some dope shit and I'm like, "I bet it's fucking polyester." Click on. Yep. Exactly. So um so, yeah, um, I think that's about all I got. Like I said, I just want to touch base on some of this shit. I definitely want to go on this Teddy Hart rant. I figured it would be more well-suited to do this on the solo show because, uh, yeah, I really don't want to banter about it. I really don't want, you know, different opinions on this. I don't give a fuck about anyone else's opinion on it. Um, this is what it is to me. You know what I mean? You're not... You're not going to change the fact that fucking all of these cats are are dying in fucking shelters and this asshole thinks it's fun to breed them. You're not going to change that in my mind. I mean, him him being an incredible athlete and great entertainer doesn't change a fucking thing about what the realistic part of what goes on with these animals and what he's doing with that cat. And um, I feel really bad for that cat. I really hope that fucking organizations get called on him. Uh, I hope he gets shut the fuck down. fined, Jailed. I don't give a fuck, man. I I really, really don't. Um, I hold no value over over that dude, you know, the way he he treats these animals and stuff. Um, Unfortunately, in New Jersey, I don't think a whole lot's going to happen. The SPCA in New Jersey is being pretty much disbanded. Uh, It's going to wind up being not a thing, which really sucks for animals' rights, but um, the, the fact that animals' rights have been kind of sacrificed um due to their, their corruption is kind of the reason why they're gonna be disbanded. So it may or may not be a good thing. Maybe another organization will be formed that will actually hold animals' rights in high regard and do the right things by, you know, many different uh you know, many different avenues. There's so many things that are done that um are just wrong. Um, animals have just such a fucking hard time when it comes to legalities and shit like that. Um, basically, like, um, you can keep a dog outside for its entire life if you have a, a doghouse with a, a wind guard. So more or less like just one little plastic flap that that covers the opening. And you can keep the dog outside in fucking frigid temperatures and, and brutal heat and all of that shit if there's a water bowl out there and there's there's uh somewhere for it to go and again that doesn't really you know guard from the that's legal you know and and then there's really nothing you can do or enforce and that's it's fucking bizarre i mean there's so many things it just does not protect animals rights and um yeah you go like why would you even want a dog if you're just gonna leave it in the fucking yard like that and shit it's like well that's their right it's like (laughs) what the fuck It's crazy. Um, You you just wouldn't believe the type of shit that I see, you know, working where I work. So, um, I don't know if uh, this this has been an entertaining podcast whatsoever, but uh, it is what it is, man. You get what you pay for, uh, you know. So, uh, yeah, I think that's all I got. Um, Take this shit home. Uh, Probably be doing a show with Shaheen. Oh, fuck, I didn't even talk about football fucking football um the Patriots beat the Titans man that was to be expected man you you already knew it was gonna happen there um the Jaguars beat the fucking Steelers I had a feeling you know the Jags got the fucking Steelers early in the season beat the shit out of them they kept control of this game for the most part of the game and then uh you know squeaked it out in the end too um very happy about that. You know, Steelers have six fucking Super Bowl wins. We have five. And uh, I want that shit to not go up at all anymore. I want to have six before anyone else winds up with six or the Steelers get seven. You know, I'm very uh, protective over those numbers. I don't give a fuck if you've won an NFL championship because anything before Super Bowl era, you didn't have the amount of fucking teams um, back when the Eagles won. In 1960, long fucking time ago, um, there was uh, 13 teams and 12 weeks in the season. So each week, one team took the week off. That's not enough for me to give a fuck about your championships. Not enough. 13 teams is not enough for you to talk shit at all about having one at some point or another. Shit doesn't count. That was like exhibition for when the league finally got their shit together and decided to have enough fucking teams to make it a Super Bowl. It wasn't shit super about what the fuck you won. Your shit is trash, B. Your motherfucking... Your championships is trash. You know what I mean? You want a fucking... You won you won street football with your boys. That's what the fuck you won. When the, when the fucking league opened. You know what I mean? When the real fucking league opened... Yeah, sure, there were legends created back then and shit like that. Maybe the motherfuckers wouldn't have been quite what they were if there was more than 13 fucking teams. So I ain't trying to hear that shit. Eagles haven't won a motherfucking thing. They got an empty trophy case. And that's going to continue this year. All these Eagle fucking fans are going to be quite upset because, man, Julio Jones had a ball go through his fucking hands that would have sent the fucking Eagles home at the end of that game. He catches every other fucking one of those balls. He was fucking pass interference like a motherfucker dude was all on his back, like fucking high school wrestling. And, uh, they didn't call that cause it was the last play of the game. He gets up, goes up, ball fucking goes in between his hands. It was a catch you could have made. Everyone knows that. And, uh, the Eagles are lucky to be going on and, uh, facing the Minnesota Vikings who had a miracle fucking finish with that fucking blown play by the, uh, The New Orleans Saints fucking defender. Last fucking second touchdown win. And I'm really, really happy about that too. Because I want Minnesota to win the fucking Super Bowl. I would absolutely love. So many people would be upset. But I would love a Jacksonville versus Minnesota Super Bowl in Minnesota. Fucking that shit would be off the chain. I'm obviously hoping for an upset against the fucking Pats. I'm, I'm hoping the Pats get fucking upset the Jaguars defense is fucking beastly. Blake Bortles is not a playoff fucking quarterback. Uh, Fournette's a great running back, so hopefully the running game could be carried by him. They can get some offense going. Um, I'm hoping that what happens is uh Brady's gets fucking completely flustered and uh you know and I'm not saying flustered like Brady just doesn't, you know, he loses control. You know, he's one of the most composed, one of the best quarterbacks of all time. You never hear me say the best ever. You know, goddamn well why. And uh, if anyone can rattle Brady, though, it's this Jaguars defense. This Jaguars defense is fucking phenomenal. So, um, you know, if they get at him. They get some turnovers. They get some points off turnovers. And they keep that fucking score low on the pat side of things. They should be able to cobble together enough points to stay competitive and, you know, just hope the Jaguars pull out that fucking win. It's going to be the hardest fucking thing they ever did because this is the fucking, this is the New England Patriots in the playoffs, in the championship game. This is some real shit, but I'll be rooting for the Jaguars for fucking sure. Um, And then on the other side of things, man, the Eagles squeak by. They got there. Nick Foles is going to get his ass kicked by the fucking Minnesota defense. You know, that, that Falcons team is, is not what they were. They're barely, barely playoff caliber. Their offense lost all of its steam after Shanahan left, came to San Francisco. He was the offensive powerhouse behind that team. I mean, if, If this was last year, those Eagles would have got fucking steamrolled. In the same situation, last year's Falcons would have fucking bulldozed those fucking dudes. Obviously, the Falcons were in the fucking Super Bowl last year, you could tell the difference between those Falcons and these Falcons. Um, This Minnesota team is far stronger, far, far stronger than what we saw last week. I think the Eagles' defense is strong. I think the Eagles' defense is what's going to make it um, competitive at all, if it is. Um, but I think that the um, I think the Minnesota um, defense keeps Philly off the field, which burns out the defense, and uh, the defense becomes weak before the end of the game, and uh, Case Keenum is able to make some fucking plays and put up some points. And like I said, I think that Eagles defense burns out before the end of the game and uh that, that's that i i can't wait to talk shit to these fucking eagle fans i love football shit talk this is one of my favorite fucking things so uh i can't fucking wait and uh you mark my fucking words eagle fans we will have six count them six rings before you have one fucking ring so that's that now i'm done now that i've talked all this shit Let's go fucking <clears throat> Jags. Let's go fucking Vikings. And uh, I'll talk to you motherfuckers hopefully on Sunday night with Shaheen or Monday night or some kind of shit. And then we'll cobble together some kind of shit for next week. You know what I mean? Uh, listen to the Hot Tag Podcast. I think they're doing that shit now or something. They were testing before, doing some kind of Facebook Live. I ain't never done no shit like that before. we we'll explore that shit in the future. I think I'll get distracted, but we could try that shit if you motherfuckers want to look at me while I do this shit. You know what I mean? And people could maybe throw some questions up. Some kind of shit. So, uh, yeah. I'll talk to you motherfuckers later. Peace. Talk to y'all later. Have a nice night. Stay dry. It's raining again. Tired as rain. Makes my grass green. Don't complain about that That's all I gotta say I'm out of here I love all of y'all and, uh, shit You're all a bunch of fucking assholes You've been in the gym, bro You know why? DJ Hyde fuck you You don't have the guts to be what you want to be You need people like me I'll listen to your to your podcast and I'll find everything out. You know what I mean. You need people like me so you can point your fucking fingers and say that's the bad guy. So, how's I make you? Good. Black Jesus tell tells me me all the time to listen to well, what you got to say because you keep blazing people and I'm like, well, I gotta hear it now. <laughs> you just know how to hide. it. Me, I don't have that problem. Me, I always tell a truth. Even when I lie. You choose a chess radio. Jesus! So say goodnight to the bad guy. I'm gonna tell you something straight off the motherfucking press. I ain't coming for no food.